0: Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope that the message that you are about to hear not only encourages you, but helps you follow Jesus like never before. If you feel blessed by this teaching, I want to challenge you to do two things. First of all, share this with someone that you know needs to hear this. And second of all, I want you to consider giving back to the ministry so that other people that just like you could also grow in their relationship with Christ. To do so, simply go to cfmiami.org slash give, and there you can follow the instructions, all right? Thank you so much. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. Lift it up in this place. If he's altogether worthy, if he's altogether lovely, if he's altogether wonderful to us, if you believe that in this place, shout hallelujah. Come on, come on. We can really worship our God. Amen and amen. Well, uh, ooh, y'all got me hype. I'm sweating. I see my dog, Nigel, the squad in the house. Yes, Lord. Well, hey, uh, good good morning, family. My name is Al Williams, and now I am one of the teaching pastors here. Yes. I I bought my preaching clock because your boy be sweating. Keep praying for me. Keep praying for me. And uh, also, I have the privilege now to uh, be the Coral Gables downtown campus pastor. So I give a shout out to the campus. Yes, Lord. But the student DNA still pumps in my veins, amen, amen. Well, hey, listen, family, uh, I'm thankful that our church is doing this series called The Five Solars, really involving the five fundamentals of our faith, because you can never mistake it, we stand on the shoulders of giants in the faith. I'm thankful for what these men did, and I'm thankful that our church is going through this series. If you've been tracking along with us, you'll know we heard from our lead pastor, our senior pastor, Pastor Omar, the first three weeks that salvation, listen, is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Someone say amen. Amen. And then last week we heard from my dog, Pastor Carlos. Boy, be running across the stage, don't he? He be running. Pastor Carlos talked about how, man, it's through Scripture alone. And today what we want to talk about is the glue that binds all of these solas, in the Latin it just simply means alone, that binds all of these solas together when it comes to our salvation, and that is to the glory of God alone. Amen. Amen and amen. And so listen, y'all didn't come to just hear the reviews. We came to dive into the Word. Amen. And so if you have your scriptures with you, I'll invite you to turn to Romans chapter 11. And we're going to be looking at verses 33 through 36. Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. And because I still got that student uh, DNA pumping through me, there is crowd participation involved in the reading of the word. Amen? And so here's what's going to happen. I'll give you the heads up, but you'll see a word that's underlined. And I want you to shout it out nice and loud so everyone online, everyone in all of our campuses can hear us. Y'all with me? Okay, here we go. Here it is. Romans chapter 11, starting in verse 33, and it reads like this. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. He has my attention. And then he says, how unsearchable are his judgments and inscrutable his ways. And then he quotes scripture here saying, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given him a gift that he should be repaid? Now here's the crowd participation part, verse 36. Here we go. It says, "For from Him, I like it, and through Him, and to Him, are all things." And I love this. Here you got a little another second word, and then that's different. Here we go. To Him, be glory. I love that one more time. Be glory. yes, God forever. Amen. amen and amen. Well, my friends. This is a weighty matter, and we need God's help to understand this. So let's go to him now in a word of prayer, amen. Lord, we are so thankful for your cross, sending down our Savior so that we could see your revealed glory, God. We do ask for more light, Lord, to understand your word, God, more light to fall in love with your word, God, and light to live out then what we see, God. God, help us to walk out of this place full of your glory. I do ask now, Lord, that you would guide my thoughts and govern my words so that the meditations of my heart are pleasing in your sight. Lord, speak now, for your servants are listening. And all of God's people said, amen Amen and amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, I want to put us in the mind frame of what happened with the Reformation that took place Uh, in our world you have to understand let's put ourselves there you have to imagine in the middle ages what happened is 1517 Europe was a dominating force at this time but can I tell you not just Europe was a dominating force but the church was a dominating force as well well a particular church but because things is online we ain't trying to get sued but y'all know I'm talking about keep praying for me okay So there was a particular church that was dominating, but can I tell you what was happening was they were putting the glory of God at stake when it came to salvation. And here's why. Because they took all the glory away from God and was now putting it on man, you see? And so then what happened here was they did this by these things called indulgences. And an indulgence simply was a way for you to kind of pay your way to heaven. Maybe you had a loved one who passed and you knew they weren't that tight with the Lord. So then you would go to the priest and you give him some money. Or if you yourself were kind of wilding out and acting crazy, you could go to the church and and give some money. Now imagine if these reformers never stepped up and made this charge of saying this is wrong, this would still be happening low key till this day. Could you, to make it modern, and uh, I see Mama Arlene in the house, Mama... Earmuffs. Here's my illustration. Just imagine today. You spend all night at the club. You know what I'm talking about. And you threw $1,000 at Cinnamon. And then you like, oh, well, let me go to church and throw $1,000 at Pastor Omar so I can have my sins forgiven. What? How many of you would agree it's wrong that you should be able to buy your way into heaven? Raise your hand if you believe that. Oh, yeah, we all would agree in here. And so did this guy named Martin Luther. They were sitting there and they were reading in the text and reading within the scriptures and they saw what was going on in the church. And it was then that Martin Luther read Romans chapter 1 verse 17, where it says that the righteous shall live by faith. And that word in the Greek righteous is that it's placed on you. It's a passive act. There's nothing that you do. When God looks at you, he already looks at you like you're righteous. And so Luther is like, yo, this is wrong. And then he wrote down those 95 theses indicting the church of that day. And he took those 95 theses and he nailed them to the Wittenberg church in Germany. And here's the part that I love most people don't talk about in history because he was a seminary professor as well. His students took down those 95 theses. They went to the printing press which had just been invented in that time. And they made copies of these 95 theses and put it all over town. And in a short three years, this Augustinian monk, who had now become a priest, is all throughout the globe at this time with these 95 theses, indicting the church with saying, you're taking all the glory of God out of salvation and putting it on man. Now, I want y'all to see some of these theses that Martin Luther wrote. Here are some of the things that Martin Luther said. This is theses 27. Here's what Luther said. There's no divine authority for preaching that the soul flies out of purgatory. Immediately the money clinks in the bottom of the chest. He said, you cannot find it in scripture anywhere. And then here's a V.C. 28 that he says, it is certainly possible that when money clinks in the bottom of the chest, avarice and greed increase, meaning you are picking this uh, task so that you can become rich. Men were going in the ministry back in the day to become rich. And all the preachers nowadays, you say, boy, you picked the wrong profession. But Broke it in the crack smoker. God bless. You, keep praying for me. But here we say, now keep praying for me. I'll keep praying for me. But here's what Luther says then. Yo, 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 so a man, there's no way. But he goes, but when the church offers intercession, listen, all depends on the will of God. When it comes to someone being saved, it has nothing to do with your money. It all depends on the will of God. Now look at, Thesis 37 that he writes, he says, any Christian whatsoever, living or dead, participates in all the benefits of Christ and the church, listen, and this participation is granted him by God without letters of indulgence. He goes, if you are a Christian, if you have participated in the glories of Christ, it has nothing to do with your money and everything to do with your relationship with God. And then to drive it a little more, uh, our our point for today, this is Thesis 62. He says this, the true treasure of the church, I love this, is the holy gospel of the glory and grace of God. And then listen to what he says next. It is right to regard these treasures as most odious, for it makes the first to be last. Because what was happening in those days, if you were rich, yeah, you could get saved. But if you're poor, oh, you're going to be last. So what were people doing? They were looking at these wealthy going, well, they got to be first in heaven. And what Luther is saying, no, no, no. When you put your hope, trust, and faith in Christ, listen, then you have salvation. And all glory then goes back to God and not to you or not to any man, you see. And that's what Luther and these guys were straightening out when it came to the Reformation. Oh, my friends, you should never take it lightly. We stand on the shoulders of giants. And so that's what I want to get across to all of us in here today is that when it comes to salvation, all glory belongs to God in everything alone, and especially in our salvation. Someone say amen. Amen. I do want to, uh, I got to stop and make a moment here. I'm still in the line out of Pastor Rick's book because normally y'all know me. I'm always like the happy-go-lucky guy. Hey. But you have to understand, the glory of God, this is doctrine. This is found from cover to cover in the Bible. There's not one particular verse. There's not one particular passage. There's not one particular chapter. It's throughout the whole Bible. And so because of this, we're going to be running through some text. You need to prepare your mind and prepare your heart and your soul. I'm so thankful that our church is doing this so that we can understand where we have come from and the the faith that we then stand on. These other men, these other giants before us to steal a line from uh, uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon because a sermon ain't a sermon. Keep praying for me. But Spurgeon had this to say. He said, weak theology produces weak worship. And weak worship is only wrought from weak Christians. May it never be said about Christ fellowship that our worship is weak because our theology is weak. I thank God for this church that we can do something and go as extreme as to have um, uh, movies at CF and then you can go as deep and have something like the five solas. Amen? We thank God for this church. Thank God for this church and leadership. Absolutely. (laughs) so that was a whole big long thing there, but I'm saying that to say, prepare yourself. This is class. Get ready to take some notes. Amen? Amen? Okay. So here we are. When it comes to the glory of God, in particular, as it pertains to salvation, you need to understand this. Write this down as point number one, is that God is glorious without man. Amen. Is that God on his own, God, very God himself, is glorious. We need to understand this. Everybody, look down. We're back in Romans, chapter three, uh, chapter eleven, just to quickly help you paint the picture of what's happening here. Uh, some theologians call Romans the Gospel of Romans because from uh, Paul so clearly is laying out and poetically painting the picture of what it takes to be saved, step by step. And so, Paul then, as he's explaining the glories of the gospel, then he just breaks out in this praise, and that's what we pick up in verse 33. And he says, oh, the depth of riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how deep God's wisdom is, how rich his knowledge is. That's what Paul's saying. And then he goes on and he says this, how unsearchable are his judgments? Literally, in the Greek, it's a picture of trying to trace footprints. You know, Imagine trying to trace footprints in the sand. How unsearchable are his ways and then it uh, are his judgments. And then how inscrutable are his ways. Literally under fine examination, looking under a magnifying glass, you could not understand all of God's ways. Someone say amen to that. I think about this when I first got saved. I was having this conversation with my dad and uh, we were talking about the gospel when I first got saved. And I'm talking with my dad about the gospel and we're explaining these different things. And I'm like, yo, God is, he's deep, you know? And one thing my dad said to me, he goes, you know, I'll never truly fully understand this about God when it comes to um, what he did with Jesus. And he goes, because y'all weren't good kids all the time, you know? And he's like, even though you weren't the best of kids all the time, I would never kill you for an enemy or someone who's not interested in me. And you think about what the father did for us on the cross. I many I have a family member and know someone right now that has no interest in God? Right. His ways. Inscrutable. I don't understand all that. What a deep Savior. But then here's what he says next. He quotes in here Isaiah 40 and then Job 36 and Job 35. Uh, verse 34, he says... For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor? Who has given him a gift that he might be repaid? And the answer is a resounding, no one, because he's glorious on his own. And I want us to understand this. That's the first thing that you must understand when it comes to the glory of God, especially when it's in salvation. God, very God himself on his own, is glorious whether you acknowledge it or not. Now, I want to, to help us understand this, I want to take you all to my childhood. Uh, You know, growing up in our house, I have two older brothers, uh, and so, and we're all athletes, and so whenever we went out to eat, number one, uh, we didn't do it often, but whenever we did go out to eat, it had to be cheap and a lot of food. All the parents said, amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And so my first favorite place to go to all the time when I was a kid was Golden Corral, yes, Lord. Come on, somebody. I was seven for like eight years in that mug, giving them discounts, right? I'm sorry, my mama watching this like, boy, don't you tell the people I did that. <laughs> I was seven for like eight years going to Golden Corral, but then my second favorite place to go and eat, for show, Pizza Hut. Come on, no one out pizzas the hut, right? I love Pizza Hut, man. You can go pay and get your little pizza on. But here's one thing that me and my wife, we were talking about this, so we found out that was very interesting about Pizza Hut. Listen to this, is that up until 2013, Pizza Hut was the largest purchaser of kale. What? Of kale? Think about this. Yeah, in the 90s, that's right, they had a kale pizza. Uh, no. no, no Maybe they had a bread made out of kale. Was it bread? It was bread, yeah. Oh, no, no. What did Pizza Hut do with this superfood? You know where they used it at? Check this out. Look at this. It was a garnish. Y'all remember that? It was a garnish. This superfood sitting around all that greasy, delicious pizza, right? This superfood. But here's what I want y'all to think about. Get this across in your mind. 2013, the world went, hey, kale is a superfood. And then it caused Pizza Hut to no longer be the largest purchaser of kale. But here's what I want you to think about. In the 90s, was kale still a superfood then? Sitting around all that delicious pizza? Oh, sure. In the early 2000s, you know, sitting around all that food, was kale still a superfood? Oh, yeah. It's a silly illustration, but can I tell you, it's the same way with God. Whether you had acknowledged it or not, God is glorious on his own. And you have to understand that and get that across in your mind. Just how kale, whether people acknowledge it or not, was always a superfood. And so you have to get this across and understand this in your mind, that God, very God on his own, is glorious. Amen. Amen. Amen? So now that we have that and understand that in our minds, now we're moving on to point number two, and you can write this down, is because God is glorious by himself, then therefore he gets glory in everything. God gets glory in everything. And we're going to see right here, look down at verse 36. He says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. And then he goes into this praise, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, we need to break this down. I told y'all, I told y'all, shout out to Pastor Rick, more like teaching than preaching. We're about to dive into these each sections here, the from him, through him, to him. So write this down then as point number one from him. God gets glory in everything, number one, in creation. God gets glory in creation because he is glorious on his own, who he is by himself. He is glorious. When he created all things, he gets glory in this creation. Write it down, look it up later. Psalm chapter, uh, Psalm 19, looking at verse one, it says, the heavens declare the glory of God. Oh, in the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Amen and amen. When you look up at the stars in the sky and you look at our wonderful solar system and you check everything out, can I tell you, it is glorifying our God. I love that uh, verse in Colossians that says that God holds everything together by the word of his power. Or even the, uh, the other scripture that says that God can measure the universe in the span of his hand. Can I tell you, my friends, that's glorious. But not only do you see God's glory in all of creation in that, you can even see his glory in a flower. The details that you would see within a flower, it points and aims at all being God, being glorious. Amen? You have to understand, family, God is glorious in everything, and it starts with creation. But because God is glorious in everything and he is glorious in creation, then write this down as letter B, we must understand this, is that God is then glorious in salvation. He says, from him and through him. God is glorious in salvation. This is what Luther and all these men were standing up and fighting for because they're saying there's no man, there's no priest, there's no money you can give. It is to God and to God's glory alone. And especially in salvation. want everybody to look at this. We're going to learn a little Hebrew. You're going to be all right. Everybody turn to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah 42. And this has to deal with God getting glory, especially in our salvation. Isaiah 42, starting in verse 5, it reads as this. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to people on it and the spirit to those who walk in it. That's glorious on its own, amen. But now here's the portion. He's talking to someone here. Verse six, I am the Lord and I have called you. This word in the Hebrew is "ata," which is you personally, you. To my students in the room in here, have you ever been in trouble and you're in a group of your friends and your mom's like, I'm talking to you, you, you get me? This is what he's doing. I'm, I'm talking to specifically you. Y'all tracking with me? Good. So then he says, I am the Lord. I have called you, atah, you, to righteousness. And I will take you personally, you, by the hand and keep you, atah. He says, I will give you a ta as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations. Listen, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison of those who sit in darkness. Anybody have a clue on who he's talking about? Don't worry, I'll explain. Verse 8. I love this. This is so glorious. He says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I give to no other, nor my praise to any carved idols. He says, he's showing the plan of salvation, and he goes, I am God, very God, and no one gets glory, my presence. But now look at this part. Verse 9, he says, behold, the former things have come to pass. And new things I now declare before they spring forth. I tell you, atem, which means all of you. So first he's talking to you, you specifically, you specifically, you, and then he goes, I'm making all things new, and I'm telling all of you about them. This is a peek behind the divine curtain for the plan of salvation when God the Father is speaking to God the Son and he says, I have called you out of this. I have called you to do this. I have called you to release those from prison. And then he goes, I'm telling all of you what I'm doing. This is God's plan of salvation. Before the Savior even came, we had that peek into the divine glory of how God then would save us. But then I want to keep building on this. Everybody look at 2 Corinthians. Thinking about God's glory when it comes to salvation. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 6. And it says this. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, listen, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. If you want to see the glory of God, if you want to experience the glory of God, then look at the person and in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. You have to understand that salvation belongs to God alone, and God then therefore gets all glory and salvation alone. Someone say amen to that. Amen. And so I love that. You have to understand that God is glorified, yes, in creation, but then he's glorified in salvation And, uh, you know, I got to do something new here on this one, so bear with me, God bless. But uh, you can't talk about the Reformation without Martin Luther in the conversation. Yes, Lord. Come on, my dog, Martin Luther. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Now, I do want to point out, I do want to point out, those of you who go back in your history, people like me, if you go say, Martin Luther was not perfect. Ooh, Lord Jesus, he was not perfect. And uh, I do, just as a side, and I want to point this out, I had a friend of mine who uh, was in the rap industry years ago and got saved and all this stuff, but he was so good at painting pictures and he used to always say, you know Al, God is the masterpiece at painting masterpieces with broken pencils because that's all he has to choose from. And I love it. Martin Luther was just a broken pencil that he picked up to use, you see, to bring about this reformation. But I love it because Martin Luther, when he was in this debate with this guy named Erasmus after the whole Reformation was blowing up and going on, he's speaking in this debate and then Martin Luther, he just stops and he goes, you know, when I look at myself, I cannot see how I can be saved. (laughs) And everybody said amen to that. Yes, Lord, we had Thanksgiving this week. Some of y'all had some moments. I know. God bless he said, when I look at myself, I cannot see how I can be saved. And he goes, but then when I look at Christ, I cannot see how I can be lost. And it's the truth, friends. God gets all the glory when it comes to salvation, because if it's up to me and you, we're fallen. Amen? But when it comes to Christ, he's the one. the scriptures say, he holds us and that no man can snatch us out of his hand. Can I tell you, God gets glory in creation and He absolutely gets all glory in our salvation. And because He gets all the glory in creation and He gets glory in our salvation, can I tell you then, we must then glorify Him in celebration? Write that down as letter C. God gets glory as we celebrate because of what He has done. Look at this picture of what happens here. I want us to get a peek in the, uh, of what's going to happen for us. This is in Revelation four. I told y'all, we going to class. God bless you. Take some notes. Revelation uh, chapter four, it had this to say, Revelation chapter four says this. It's the picture of heaven, of what's going to happen here. And you have to imagine, here is the throne. Jesus is seated on his throne. It says, man, crystals everywhere, glass everywhere, absolutely a beautiful scene, a rainbow around his throne. Side, that is our thing. Okay, God bless. We ain't doing that. But Jesus got the rainbow around his throne. Okay. And then here's what happens next. Verse 4, around the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden, with golden crowns on their heads. Now jump down to verse 9. It says, and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And listen, it says, they cast down their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by you they existed and are created in heaven. We see perfect beings who have a perfect view of the glory of God and what did it cause them to do? Glorify him. And it's the proper praise due his name. This is what those reformers and these men were fighting for. The very glory of God was at stake in these times. I love it. There's a, battle cry hymn that came probably 200, 300 years ago uh, for the Reformation by this guy, Walter Chalmers. And uh, he had this song, and I love it. The the song was Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. And uh, the, the first stanza of the song simply just says, Immortal, invisible, God only wise, in light, inaccessible, hid from our eyes. Most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days. Almighty, victorious, thy great name we praise. I love that because it describes all glory to God. Do his name. Amen. 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 And so when you see that and you look at that, that's what happens there. I totally jumped over a verse. I want to finish reading out verse 36 there. It says here, you see how Paul, when he says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. Listen, to him be the glory forever. Amen. Paul then just responds in this praise to God, to use some two-cent college words, what you're seeing here is the intrinsic glory of God, which means God, very God himself, what makes him glorious, and then you see the ascribed glory. Our reaction when we look at God's glory is that we are to glorify him, and that's what Paul did right there. And so that's how we need to live as believers. And so get this through in our minds. Let's understand this. Number one, God is glorious on his own without man. He is glorious on his own without man. And because he's glorious on his own, then when it comes to creation and salvation and celebration, he has to get glory in everything. Amen. And so now we understand that. Now you may be wondering, well, what's my part in this? Write this down as number three very plain and simple, is that we are created to glorify God in everything. We're created to glorify God in everything. Now this one's kind of a little punch to the mouth, but you'll be all right. Listen, you have to understand, it's not about us. We live for him and his glory. If you're doing great at your job, you better praise God because he's the one who gave you the skills to pay them bills, you see what I'm saying? If you're having a good time with your family, you better praise God because he's the one to do these things for you, amen? And so you have to understand if things are going well, it is not about you, it is time for you in that moment to glorify God. Now I want us to understand this picture uh, I want to draw this picture across with us with the idea of a surfer. Anybody in here ever tried surfing before? Ever surfed? Yes, Lord, I've seen it. Not for me. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, too many living creatures in that water. I'm not an ocean guy like that. Pray for your boy. But when you look at a surfer, you look at people surfing, when you take a moment and you look at the wave, you go, my, what a mighty and awesome and glorious wave. This wave is massive. And then you see the surfer on the wave, and you're like, wow, boy, got skills. He's nice. But still, at the end of the day, as you're looking at the surfer on the wave, it leaves you no option but to go, that is a massive wave. And so the surfer really is only pointing out how awesome, how magnificent, how glorious that wave is. And so here's what I want us to do. I'm going to show us a little video, and I want you to take a look at this. Tell me in this video, who is getting the most glory, per se? The surfer? or this wave. So check this out, have a look at the screens for this. Uh, He survived, just so y'all know, okay? Homie alive. Yeah, yeah, he alive, he alive. It's too long, but at the end of the video, you see him like, wow, that was crazy, right? (laughs) But just watching the video, that wave was pretty mighty, wasn't it? The surfer on there did his thing. Wow, you got skills. But wow, what a mighty wave. And my friends... That's exactly how we are to be. When people meet us, when people run across us, they ought to walk away glorifying and praising God. Or at least when they come up like that kale, they should recognize, dang, that guy knows the superfood, right? He understands the glory of God. And so in three simple ways, I want to help us in here on how we can practically do this, on how we, you and I, need to glorify God in our day-to-day lives. Write this down as point number one. We need to live for his glory in the good times. We need to live for his glory in the good times. Like that old song said, let the good times roll. Just let them roll. I think it's James chapter 1 that says every good and perfect gift is from above. I think it's Ecclesiastes chapter 7 where it says, in the good days praise God and in the bad days praise God because you know he gave one as well as the other. Yes, He did. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 he says, when you've had your fill, shout out to Thanksgiving, God bless. He said, when you've had your fill, praise God. And so let me tell you, in those good times, have that moment of reflection and just go, Lord, thank you. If you're going to go for a walk today with your family, have that moment. Look up, man, God, thank you. This is awesome. In the good times, praise God. Now, here's a tough one here in the second one. But in the bad times, we need to glorify God. Amen? Amen. Amen. In the bad times, we need to glorify God. And I think about when that pandemic hit, it was a bad time for everyone. And we did kind of find out which Christians were built for tough. Y'all know what I'm saying. Amen. We found out, right? And so in the bad times, you need to glorify God. Everybody write this down. If you're one of them tattoo people, tattoo this on your body, put it on your mirror, whatever it is, right? Romans chapter 8, verse 18, it reads like this. Romans chapter 8, verse 18, it says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. If you're going through a bad time, think about the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Therefore, then you could glorify God in that difficult situation. This is not to make light of any tough and difficult situations that any of us have gone through in this room here. But I want to give an A to all my parents. If your kids are in the house and or grown and out the house, because they still call you, don't they? Amen. But uh, this is one thing my mom used to do with us all the time, uh, and I, even before I was a believer. But I remember if we go through some, oh man, they're doing this with football, or oh, mom, they said this about me. She used to always go, "Have you suffered to the point of shedding blood?" I'm like, well, "Dang, mom, get on my face, girl. You're such a hater, bro." With all the time, and put things back into perspective. Yeah, I know things ain't going your way, but have you suffered to the point of shedding blood? It's not that bad, baby. Glorify him, right? And so if that applies and that can work for some of you in here, hey, glorify God in the tough times because it will not compare to the glory that is to be revealed to us, amen? Amen, amen and amen. And this is my most favorite one. You need to glorify God in the mundane. Glorify God in the mundane. I think when people talk about glorifying God, this is the passage of scripture everyone thinks about. This is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And it starts in verse 31. And it reads like this So whether you eat or drink, eating and drinking, you do it every day. I live downtown. I see a lot of different homeless people. And can I tell you, they all eat and drink. Somebody feed them, right? So everybody can glorify God, y'all tracking? So he says, so whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, changing diapers, changing attire, waking up a middle schooler with all them hormones on a Sunday morning, yes, God. At your work, looking at statistics on the computer, eating dinner with your family, going for a walk, driving down the 95, and keep praying for your boy. I still, I gotta gotta glorify him a little better behind the wheel, pray for your boy. He says, in all things, in whatever you do, glorify God. And I love that because everything is everything and all is all. Everything you do and all that you do, you must glorify God. And so I want to give our church a challenge here. This week, we want to see how you're glorifying God. And here's what we want you guys to do. On all of your social platforms, whatever you're using, Instagram, Facebook, Snapface, whatever all that stuff is, I don't know none of it. Here's what we want you guys to do. If you're going out to dinner with your family after this or lunch with your family after this, get a picture of y'all at dinner glorifying God and then take that photo and you can hashtag this. You can put that up on the screen and hashtag glory to God CF, glory to God CF. And so that whatever you're doing, if you're driving to work, take that photo. If you're sitting at the computer screen at work, take the photo. Man, God, I'm gonna glorify you right now. My boss just came in acting crazy. Let me glorify you. Right? Snap. I'm going to glorify him now. Right? You need to glorify God in all that you do. And we as a church family, we want to see how you're glorifying God so that it can even build up our most holy faith. Amen? Let's glorify God as a church family in all that we do. And so family, you have to see it and we understand it, is that God himself is glorious on his own. And that's what the reformers were fighting about. That's what they were looking towards, is that God on his own is glorious. But then God gets glory in everything. Can I tell you, he gets glory in creation. And because he created all things, we must give him glory in our salvation. And because we give him glory in salvation, we give him glory back in celebration. And then after this, my friends, we then must live to glorify God not in just a few things but in all that we do i want to help you all out in here uh with another little story there was a when i first got saved uh, and i still do i have like a crazy ferocious appetite to read the word of god and it's not because i'm super spiritual or none of that stuff i'm just slow i need all the instructions i can get Amen. You know, I'm the guy that when I buy something in the house, you know, I lay out all the instructions and I lay out all the stuff on how it needs to be. You know, my wife was like, boy, get out the way. Let me show you how to do this. I'm like, dang, dog, I'm not a scientist. You know, I need the instructions. So... But I'm reading the scriptures, and I'm going through, and you have to understand, this is a doctrine you see all throughout the scriptures. God is glorious, cover to cover. And so I remember one day, I was probably like two weeks in my walk with the Lord, I came out of my study, and I go up to my mom, we call her Dukes, she's a little bitty tough lady, you know. And I'm like, yo Dukes, does God seem kind of like selfish? Like he want all the glory and everything for himself? And I'll never forget my mom, uh, you know that look in her eyes. You know, parents, y'all know, y'all have that when your kids ask you them questions, and you're like, "Oh," and I kind of saw the look of like, "You're not supposed to think like this," you know. And then she just looks at me and she goes, "Well, think about this, Al. Have you ever, on this side of heaven, truly seen anything perfect?" She's like, "I mean, you've seen a sunset, but have you seen a sunset without sin permeating in the world?" You go outside and look at the stars, but I mean, have you looked at the stars without sin permeating in the world? And I was like, no, I haven't. And she said, son, when I, can I tell you, when you see true and pure perfection, you have no choice but to glorify. And can I tell you, it is this way with our God. When we see him and we truly understand his glory for what it really is, can I tell you, it leaves us no other option but to glorify him in all that we do. I didn't do this in the other service yesterday. I'm gonna just read this really quick because I wanna lay this on your mind. I hope you all go back and watch these five solar series. I encourage you all to do that, to build your faith, to build your theology so that our worship is loud every single week. The neighbors are calling on us like, dang, that church down the street is loud because our theology is so deep of the love of our God. Listen to this, just thinking about God's glory, and I want to leave this most holy, most glorious picture in your mind. John is talking in Revelation. This is Revelation chapter 1, and he now, he sees a picture of the new heaven and the new earth. And as he's describing it, this is what's so very interesting. Look down at verse... He sees this new heaven and the new earth. And at verse 22, he goes, I saw no temple in the city for its temple is the Lord God, the almighty and the lamb. And then he says, this is so very interesting. And the city has no need for sun or moonshine on it. Think about us right now. We live our life by the sun. We live our nighttime by the moon. And he goes in the new heaven and new earth. No sun, no moon. Why? The scriptures say here, for the glory of God gives it its light and the lamb is the lamp. By its light, all nations will walk and the kings of the earth will bring forth glory into it and the gates will never shut by day and they will never be shut by night there. Listen, verse 26, and they will bring into the glory and honor for the, uh, of all the nations. In the new heaven and in the new earth, God very, God himself will light our path and will light our way with his own glory. Our God is a glorious God, especially in our salvation. But our God is glorious on his own and he's the one who saved us. So therefore we should live for his glory alone. Amen? Amen. Let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we're so thankful for your word, God. Help us to be a people who glorify you in all that we do. Help us to be a people who glorify you in all that we say and wherever we go. God, I do ask now that this does not fall on deaf ears, but that we make a practice of this, Lord, that we heard your word and that we then live it out in our day to day lives, Lord. We are excited to see what you're going to do in your people, and especially this week as we go out glorifying you and all that we do. We're excited, Lord, and all of God's people said, Amen and amen. Well, uh, shout out to my dog, Pastor Mark Cross. He called me too. Like, stop stealing my sayings, boy. But uh, shout out to my dog, Pastor Mark. I love God. And I love you, Christ Fellowship. We'll see you guys soon.